Judah and Matthew are dumpster people, and they occasionally use foul and inappropriate language. Listen at your own risk. Welcome to Brother Date. It's been a while, but uh, we're back. I'm Matt. Holidays, whatever. Yeah, who cares? <clears throat> Don't none of this matter. Uh, so last time was a Star Trek episode, so this must be a ma- a mailbag episode, right? Uh, yeah, that's the that's the rules. Okay. I don't know. Um, I mean, a long time has passed. I'll be disappointed if we don't have some significant mailage. Uh, okay. Yeah. So let's let's go right in right to the right into the mailbag. Significant right. mailage, like in that TLC video where the elevator keeps opening and there's a hot guy in it every time. Man, is that? I guess that's true. Okay, it looks like our last mailbag was uh, November 15th. Yeah. Can that be right? Yeah, well, probably. Again, we've missed some weeks here and there, so. Okay. <clears throat> I scanned uh, five from, weeks ago. From Ryan on the 16th, at Brother Date. Nope, just came across the gallery of C5 pictures. Mm, yeah, that must have been. He had said something else that we didn't understand about his favorite his favorite cargo plane yeah or something at brother date however i seem to recall discussing via something that the c-17 is the cadillac of cargo planes yeah i like the c-17 too i mean i'm i like the c5 i like the c-17 i like you know what i is there a c that i don't like i'm, I'm gonna stick with that is there a c i don't like uh i i've never heard of one <laughs> i don't know I don't want to dig in this early okay. on your... Well, I like the Starlifter. Proclivities. I like the Starlifter. That's a C I like. Um, I like the, I like the Chow Down on the C-130, for sure. Okay, gross. That's a C that I'm... I just get my grill up in it. Um, I'd love to dig around inside, like, uh, either a C-5 or C-17. Um, just gotta wiggle around and want to, you know, get inside there. Man, I'm going to skip forward. I don't know what any of this shit is in reference to. <laughs> what? On December 2nd, at Brother Date, to me, the worst part of Tapestry by far is a 50-year-old lieutenant. Uh, first of all, I think it's charitable that he thinks Picard's only 50. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's considerably older than that. Isn't and- Picard supposed to be 10 years older than Patrick Stewart? Yeah, so I think he was at least in his 60s. Yeah. And um, and this is a recurring theme when we talk about the Star Treks, is all the 50-year-old ensigns and crewmen that are on board. Yeah, like, I guess. What? Whoa! <laughs> Did a cat fall? <laughs> I think a cat tried to jump up the back of my chair. I heard, was, but I was oh, he doesn't know how fat he is. I heard was what sounded like like a bag full of presents falling to the ground. Correct. And then someone going, Meow! yeah. <laughs> Normally, a cat would try to play it cool, like <laughs> nothing happened. 
I'm just going to walk over here because that's what I wanted to do. But no, he did let out a little meow like, I fell! It's true, Melchit, whenever he would, our, our cat that we had when we were a kid, whenever he did something stupid, he would just kind of look around like, did anyone see that? Okay, I think I'm cool. Yeah, no, it's all cool. Um, I think it would be worse if we had never seen a 50-year-old Ensign in Star Trek and then all of a sudden here's 50-year-old Picard. Right, I feel like the groundwork was laid for guys and, who wasted their and lives. no one mentioned it. So I guess in... As, like, a writer's secret in-universe, people must start their Starfleet careers pretty late. Which I guess makes sense in, like, a post-scarcity economy, where it's like, yeah, you could probably just change careers. I was gonna say, they talk a lot about how in in the future, the space future, people have uh, stopped trying to get, like, possessions and things, and all they care about is bettering themselves. What if they don't have ambition, either? What if they're like, I don't care if I ever get promoted, I'm just about bettering myself. Well, it's like, what if they all did dumb shit like they ran a restaurant in new orleans for 20 years and then they're like you know what this sucks i'm joining the military that's right i'm joining the space military which uh at this point in time people are still saying it's not a military organization whatever yeah <clears throat> they got um they got such as court marshals it's it's military no i agree i try to i tell. mean that i'm just that's just what the word marshal means like i, I try to tell marjan it's the military but she she like says I'm, it's not a military organization. I'm pretty like sure that. that that marshal that that refers to Mars, the god of war. Like I'm ninety percent sure. Right. <clears throat> well, I guess it could just refer to the planet Mars, but the only ones we see are on the Enterprise. So I thought it just referred to the Marshall Thundering Herd, which is a very warlike mascot. Yep, one of the probably one of the better schools in West Virginia. It's one of the two. <laughs> I mean, you got to imagine. It's one of the two. If there's a third school in West Virginia, besides the University of West Virginia and uh, and Marshall, I have never heard of it. Uh, they probably got a DeVry. I bet they got a DeVry. Mm. That's a full university. Did you really skip some of the ones that we didn't understand? I did, man. Do you want to go through it? Well, I feel like it's, sometimes it's half the fun. It's just trying to figure okay. out what he was talking about. Okay, at Brother about. Date. Well, now I feel bad. These are all from Ryan, by the way. Hmm. Well, now I feel bad for all the confusion. I just want to hear about one of your favorite episodes at a time. So I think that refers to him earlier saying he was looking forward to a week when there were good episodes, and I was saying there would never be a week when there were all good episodes. Yeah, maybe. He, he did have a, a kind of a nonspecific complaint earlier on. <clears throat> Uh, then at brother date, uh, hey, if you could make me a ringtone out of Dead Men Tell No Tales, that would be cool. Like, uh, dog, what do you mean a ringtone? What's a ringtone? It's 2016. Why would your phone ever ring audibly? Yeah, I don't know who. I don't know who. That's does that. barbarian behavior now. Yeah, I agree. Like, if you get a phone, and you turn the volume on, and it rings, and people can hear that your phone is ringing, you're a monster. Probably. Yeah. No, I think that's true. Uh, also, make a ringtone? <laughs> yeah, dude, this is 2005. Welcome. I'm gonna send his ass a ringtone of Mambo number 5, because that's the exact time when that makes sense to me. <laughs> and it's gonna be a MIDI, too. Oh, nice. Good. Hang on a second. That's much better than uh, than anything Mubega could could ever have done himself. That guy could not master the MIDI at all. Mambo number five MIDI. Oh well, yeah, freemidi.org has one. It's gonna be good. 
I'm excited. About I bet it. it is. I wonder if anything on my computer knows what to do with a MIDI. Oh yeah, like well, I don't want to get down this rabbit hole now, but uh, <clears throat> you think about it. We're gonna talk about music a lot this this episode. Maybe in two weeks we'll do MIDIs. Right. Okay. Okay. They used to be cool and also irritating. Yeah, yeah, they were pretty actively annoying. At brother date, we've created an artificial pocket of time around you. Oh, that's good. At brother date, hand pregnant. <laughs> that's a tough one. That is a tough one. I'm not sure. By the what way, that that's means. in quotes. Did one of us say hand pregnant? Uh, I don't know. Wow. Was was that from that episode of Enter- Enterprise where they did the rocks? Oh, did you're, rock sex? yeah. And he got nipples on his wrist. Yeah, that could he could one of us could have said that he got hand pregnant. Yeah, I wish. I hope so. <laughs> Look, it's a quote, so he's not. He's not claiming authorship of it. Uh, <clears throat> I'd like to take hand pregnant. I, I mean, I would claim that. I doubt it was me. Cool. We'll just say it's a brother date property. That's fine. Yeah. It'll be our first t-shirt. Hand pregnant. <laughs> uh, dog, real talk. I had, uh, I had dinner. We had dinner with Ben and Erica at uh, Sushi Without End, mm-hmm. uh, which is what I call it because I'm that's dad joke. Right. Uh, and Ben was wearing a podcast that was like, Looked like a bunny pirate skeleton. I'm sorry, there's a hat that had a bunny <laughs> pirate skeleton on logo on it. I'm all, what is that hat? It turns out it's a hat for some other podcast. What? Yeah. Dog is wearing, straight up wearing a podcast hat, and it's not ours. And I said that he was cheating on us, and he said we don't make hats. And I had to admit that we don't like, yet well, make hats. Okay. Well, I guess we can work on a hat. This is like... I don't know. I'll get on Zazzle or Cafe Press or something. You can get Ben like a late Christmas present. Yeah, yeah. It's it it ain't, it ain't gonna get there by Sunday. No. Uh, that makes me sad. I cannot wait for four weeks from now after Ryan's listened to this episode when he says, "I want a hat." Uh, yeah. Well, then it will be time to play that jingle by Brother John. Because <laughs> seriously. Ah. <laughs> <coughs> uh, at brother date, the upshot to being behind is never noticing when your episodes are delayed. Well, that's true, but you might have caught up now because this was we had some delays, some real yeah, delays. Well, okay. Uh, at brother date, I like your singing when you're not being shitty on purpose. I don't know. Is that taking a shot at the end of the show? Does he I, not like my little outro? I don't know. Uh, did you say that nobody liked your singing because they were asking questions about who was singing the high bits or something? I freely admitted that I am not much of a singer. No. All right. Well. I know I ain't good at it. Good. As long as you know. I know I got. Again. I got that big show voice. (laughs) Where the fat constricts my ability to make pretty sounds. Uh, I wish I could find. I'm going to try to find that commercial where Big Show got out of that race car with Tony Stewart. Yeah. Tony, we're going to race tomorrow. And he's like, wait, Uh, what? Did he say words? At Brother Date, everyone knows Judah is the composer and Matthew is the singer. Okay. All right. There you go. I mean, I guess. Uh, and then at Brother Date, execution, thumbs down. I don't know what we did. I think that referred to Tapestry. Mm. Uh, yeah, that was a bad one. That's a bad episode, but we're not going to get there for 10 more years. Yeah. So. With, or maybe never. Yes, listen, more likely never. I'm saying, you know, I am, you, really ambitiously 10 years from now. I cannot think of a single thing I want to do less with my Christmas break than watch f- those five goddamn Star Trek episodes that we need to watch for the next show. Marjan does keep suggesting we watch the original series. And I keep going, but I'll have to take notes. 
<laughs> and so I've refused each time. In fact, I refused so many times that we finished Enterprise. <coughs> it's done. It's over. The we'll talk about it at some point. The last episode of Enterprise is just ba- it's a baffling thing that happened. It's oh, as baffling is what I remember. It. It's as baffling. I read about it on that German guy's website. It's crazy. It's as baffling as what I remember the last episode of Xena being. Oh, where it was like none of this is real, or it's all real, but also in real life. Xena yeah. exists, but also Xena is a popular comic book hero or something because there's like conventions about her. But then also she's real in real times. And she beats up some dudes in flannels. That's what I remember. Um, I got some. I got some Star Wars news. Oh, okay. Carrie Fisher just had a heart attack. Oh yeah, I, I read about that on the tweets earlier. On a, she was on an airplane, right? Yep. Yeah. Well, you know, her work's done, right? Like we don't really need her for the other movies, right? Um, I mean, there's no more Han know, Solo. But it's like if she was just gonna die, they should have killed her in the last movie. Well, if only they had or, known. Or, like, you know, demonstrated that she had some Jedi powers. It's just, it pisses me off that, like, she... Yoda and Obi-Wan both tell Luke that she's got the Force. Yep, and then, and then like, no one ever tries to do anything Apparently nothing happened for it. 30 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's Luke, like... Was Luke just like, I'll get around to it. Luke's like, I want to train these youngins instead. And then, like, they immediately betrayed him, and then he ran away, right? Um, uh, yeah, then he cried in Ireland for 30 years, I guess. Yeah, and then when uh, What's-Her-Name showed up to give him his sword, she held it out and they stared at each other for something like two weeks. Yeah, I have to imagine. <laughs> Several weeks. I don't know, we'll see next year. I haven't seen Rogue One yet, either. <laughs> I hope it, I hope the next one opens up with, like, 13 minutes of them just staring at each other, because that's what it appeared was happening. Yeah, do you think John Williams can write a a 13-minute crescendo? Like, it just keeps building and building for 13 solid minutes. It's just, they got, like, the drone shot or the helicopter shot or whatever it is, circling around and around, and she's just standing there holding up the sword, and he's like, what do you want me to do with that? What what is it? It's a a lightsaber. Is that one of those swords? I've been here a long time. That was my lightsaber from hell years ago. Did you find my hand? I just come and I just... Was my hand with that? I just come and stand up here by these rocks. I was hey, I was pee I was peeing over here. Can you do you mind? <laughs> I wasn't done. I had to squeeze it off. <laughs> really, it's really bugging me now. Yeah, awkward ending. <clears throat> I don't know. Whatever. Um, was that it for the tweets? Yeah, that's all the mail in the bag. Boy, it was all only from one, Ryan. You only one person tweets at us. Yeah. What's the deal, everyone else? Literally, no one else listens to this show. Marjan listens. I know she does. I mean, Katie does, but Katie's at least 15 episodes behind. Well, she can start doing some random Ryan tweets then. Dog, she ain't, she ain't used Twitter. All right. Well, it's very aggravating. She used to be... No, she'll listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to get in trouble three months from now or whatever? <laughs> I was just going to say, like... She used to be fairly with the internet, like, uh, we met because she had a blog and stuff. Yeah. But last year, I straight up saw her Google, uh, Google the words YouTube.com. <laughs> so. Yeah, you know, um, Google is, like, it, she, see, they, they own the YouTubes. And so I think yeah. she thought she had to go through the front door. Well, it took her right there, like. Google knew what she wanted, but... She had to go through the front door. She had to go to Google first and say, I would like to go to YouTube, please, because you own YouTube. So you must give me permission. 
she's ahead of me in some ways though like because she uh because she deals with college students all the goddamn time she knows what a snapchat is and does wow i see yeah i don't i've never been that's not for me never been even a little bit interested in that ever all right well that was pretty lame mailbag lame bad job everybody yeah not happy about it yeah i hated it so you've been sick i've been sick We've both been traveling. It's the holidays. Uh, I don't know if there's anything else interesting going on in, in either of our lives to talk about. So we should just end the episode here, right? Yeah, probably. What are like, we doing? Like 15 minutes? I think that's good. Yeah, like unless you sent me a 30-minute file you wanted me to play. Oh. Then we should probably just cut it here. Okay, yeah. So, <clears throat> I don't know, like a month ago? Five, six weeks ago? I don't remember what it was. long time ago. We talked about some ideas for future segments and one of them was i was going to try to convince you i don't know if i can convince you to like them but convince you to see some of the value in some of these major acts that you don't give two craps about like uh the ones that i have specifically disavowed yes like the beatles the led zeppelins the princes the Derek bowies Uh, i got nothing against prince no really okay yeah i just i mean i've never I've never taken a deep dive into his catalog, but, like, basically, if a Prince song is on the radio, I'm going to listen to it. Okay. All right. Well, there you go, then. That's not, that I know what it sounds like when doves cry. Well, I don't need to do work on that one, then. That's fine. Yeah, you can, I mean, you know, we can we can make pretend. We're going to see how this segment goes anyway. Yeah. Um, so, so, you picked, to start with, I figured, David Bowie. Yeah, I figure he might be the hardest to get into so let's yeah. start with him because i was gonna say you picked a hard one you picked a <laughs> tough one because it's not like again these are people that you hear like these are people who are in there yes that's right it's not it's like oh i've never heard of this it's like oh you know i know this and no thank you yeah like so i have made the decision over and over again <laughs> now that with David I Bowie, don't like China Girl, and I don't need to go deeper. Right. So with David Bowie, the problem becomes he really became popular in the 80s when everyone was making the worst things. All of the worst things were happening. And so a lot of the stuff you hear from David Bowie on the radio is terrible 80s nonsense. Uh, can I jump in and say many bands had their best periods in the 80s, as far as I know? That's... <laughs> If no one asks questions, then yes. I mean, no, don't, don't ask any follow-up like, questions. When you think about the band ABC, you think about the '80s. That's true. All their best work was done, or in the '80s. Uh, also, um, you know, like Cyndi Lauper, like yep. she keeps she keeps making albums, and probably like till Tuesday. But it's oh yeah, that band <laughs> definitely continues to exist. <laughs> I only know one song by by till Tuesday. Is there are there other songs? Uh, I hope that they made a whole record to go with that. I just, I, I wouldn't be able to tell you if they did. I don't know. I like that song. Well, I mean, so, like, I think Amy Mann just had a solo career after that. Oh, she went all Gwen Stefani on them? She yeah, was something the, like that. She was the original Gwen Stefani? She was 80s Gwen Stefani? Can, just let me know when you agree. She was seven. Uh, she was seventies Gwen Stefani. I can't no, keep listen, going I'm back sorry, in time. I'm, this isn't going to work. She was sixties Gwen Stefani. I'm sorry. I got caught up reading about about the argument that Amy Mann had with the record label about the song "Voices Carry" because it was originally written as if it was sung to a woman, and they were like, "No, 
no lesbian stuff. Uh, and then Cindy Lauper wanted to do it. Um, yeah. Also to a woman, but only if Till Tuesday didn't do it. On the, it doesn't matter. Wow. Like, there's like a whole bunch of shit there, but no, like that's basically it. It's like uh, it's like the fucking Supremes and Martha Reeves and Vandellas in yep. there. Uh, so you're gonna start with David Bowie? Yeah. All right. So before we get started with the with the evidence, I would like to do a little survey. Okay. Just a little quiz to see how likely you are to be able to adopt David Bowie. Okay. <clears throat> He's dead, by the way. He is dead. Almost a year now. He died in January. It's hard to believe. He's dead, but also that means he doesn't care whether I like him or not. So, first question, and I think I know the answer to some of these, but how do you feel about late 60s, early 70s hard rock? Think, you know, obviously you don't like Zeppelin, Sabbath, you know, some of the harder stuff. Um, I feel like it's uh, often self-indulgent to a degree that I don't like. Okay. Um, and universally badly recorded and mastered i put no so i don't love it generally okay um how do you feel about the drummer hitting everything just hitting as many things as he can like constantly or like the drummer goes wild during part of the song um you know like the james gang drummer our dad yeah (laughs) our dad james fox who the james gang is named after well, so like a drummer helping himself to a hot fill? Yes. I'm into that. Okay. All right. I like that. What I don't... There are some things like too much drums in a song I don't like. But too when it's, much drums. What's an example of too much drums in a song? Like if it's just constantly happening and particularly cymbals. Like yeah. overuse of cymbals really irritates me. Okay. All right. Uh, how do you feel about like mm, almost comic overproduction in terms of... Uh, Strings and horns and uh, and all kinds of shit all going on at the same time. Like, going for, like, the most dramatic version of whatever. Uh, it's 50-50, but I can be into it. So, like, some examples... Um, uh, who does that dumb Knights of Sidonia or whatever? What's that band? Muse? That oh, Muse? right. Yeah, 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 yeah. They definitely so, like, are trying to sound important. Um... <clears throat> I like that. Okay. Uh, but I've never gotten into Meatloaf. Sure. Right. Yeah, yeah. He's real so, rock opera in his production. That's, that's why I said I'm like 50-50 on it. But I like unusual instrumentation. But, you, but you'd agree maybe things like some of those Motown songs that are just like crazy produced. Just like, now more strings. Now saxophones. Oh, wait, can we get some low-end piano in there? Now can we get some high-end piano? What? Are you thinking of a particular song? Oh, I don't know. I'm most most of everything off of that David Ruffin album is what I'm thinking of. Oh, like um, well, my whole world ended the moment you left me. I super like my whole. I mean, world that's got like some fucking piccolo in it and shit. Yeah, no, um, I'm into that. So look, there's a possibility that I don't hate that. Uh, uh, just to stay on this question a, a minute longer, how do you feel about "Crazy in Love" by Beyonce? Love it. Okay, well there you go. That's okay. like basically my favorite song. Right. I'm gonna, I put yes slash no, but I'm I'm leaning toward yes on that. Um, how do you feel about muddy acoustic and muddy electric guitars? Muddy like, can I have some treble, please? Or muddy like, like real farty sounding. Mm, less farty. Because you know I like a farty sounding guitar. You know, I like it in Amos Moses. Yeah. 
I don't I don't really like it in the rest of the Guitar Man stuff because I think it's too much universe building and I hate his universe. Well, oh, we've talked his about his universe it. is bizarre. His universe makes me very uncomfortable. We're talking <laughs> talking about Jerry, we dipped into little Jerry Reed there. Yeah, he, well, he has the fartiest guitars of all time. So you don't have to convince me about him. Less farty, or... more just kind of like um, uh, like it Muscle like Shoals. Put the amp underwater. Yeah, more like Muscle Shoals, muddy. Yeah, I like don't... yes, exactly. Like I think this is reverberating from somewhere deep below. <clears throat> Sometimes I feel like that could irritate me, because okay. like I like the sound of a guitar, and maybe I want to hear the guitar. Right, you want to understand what they are doing with it. Right. Okay. I don't. I don't want to sound like somebody knocked the amp over, and now it's playing directly into the floor. Right. These are. I'm suggesting some recording techniques that might have been used. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> or like maybe somebody put it under a beanbag chair or something. Oh yeah, if they had a beanbag chair lying around, for yeah. sure, that would definitely muffle it. Um, this kind of goes back to one of the other questions. How do you feel about grand operatic progressions? Kind of like Muse, trying to sound really important. Not with the instrumentation and recording, but more with the composition. Like, I am trying to make every song an anthem. I mean, I probably couldn't listen to a bunch of them in a row. Because I feel like Muse is definitely like that. I feel like U2 is like that. I feel like Queen is like that, just as examples. Where like yeah. every song they make, you can tell they are trying to make something that is people are going to remember forever. Like, so, this is important. Again, it's real It's real hit or miss. So I don't, I can't really explain why some things catch and some don't. But like I said, I like Muse's hits. Uh-huh. Um, I I like the entire first half of the Joshua Tree by U2. Right. Right. Uh, so like, well, you know, but like, I like, I like some of their more anthemic songs, like where the streets have no name. And, That's my uh, favorite U2 song. It's a good song. <clears throat> and, uh, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sunday, Sunday, bloody Sunday. So yeah. So you can, uh, by the way, there's a band whose best period was in the eighties. Oh yeah. That's a good point. They really did not need to hang on. You know, they didn't need to hang on. So I cannot explain why, but like, I, I can't, I can't do Queen. Yeah. If like, for example, Queen, you're just like, nah, that's yeah. not, that's not going to do it for me. I'm, I'm just out. Me. I don't know what it is. I'm going to put a question mark on that one. How do you feel about basic sci-fi? <laughs> I call it basic sci-fi. Some people call it classic sci-fi. Stuff about robots gaining consciousness, um, and taking over the earth, or maybe like, um... Aliens coming to save humanity, stuff like that. Um, I I would say my general philosophy is not in my music, please. Okay, all right. But there are some specific counterexamples, like Deltron Thirty Thirty. Sure, very uh, sci-fi post-apocalypse. Uh, also the pulsars, sure. not the pulsars. Well, no, the pulsars. My pet Pulsar. robot Theodore. My pet robot Theodore. <laughs> Um, That's the one I always remember. <laughs> and the Proto Men, the first two acts of that Mega Man rock opera. Right, right. So there are some specific counterexamples to my general. Can we keep that out of music, please? So that's in music. I was generally oh, thinking of also things... the video for the darkness for uh, <laughs> yes. thing called love. It's not in the song. The song is not science fiction in any way. <laughs> no, but that is a great video. He kills that monster with guitar powers. Yep. Um. I was thinking more outside of music, but, I mean, obviously it's going to relate here, but 
Uh, oh, like um, also, Asimov uh, harasses or... a spaceship I, I want to ride. Sure, N-E-R-D, for sure. Um, yeah. I'm thinking more like Asimov, uh, or if you want to get campy, TOS or the Twilight Zone. Well, I've read most of, uh, well, I've read most of Asimov's classic science fiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have seen a lot of the Twilight Zone. Okay. I can handle it in general. Right. But not in your music. You don't really want it there. For the most part. Uh, how about songs that are really three songs? Oh, yeah, that's fine. Okay. But most Frank Black songs are at least two songs. Uh, and by the way, I, I know this is a good quiz. You don't have to answer 100% because I answer no to many of these, and I was still yeah. able to, to find to make yeah. it work. Uh, how do you feel about it when everybody solos? At once, or they each get a turn? At once. Uh, that's no good. That is no good. I agree. That's no good. It's one of my least favorite things. Um, how about story songs? Oh, uh, wait. Uh, can I say, if it's the Dead Milkman, and uh, I can't remember his fake name, but if the leads, if the main guy shouts everybody solo right before they do it, <laughs> that's a little that's a little different. Uh, how about story songs or songs that are heavy on exposition? Some people don't have lyrical preferences. Like, I have almost okay no lyrical preference. I just don't like story songs. That's my only preference. I'm okay with it sometimes, but, like, the, there has, the story has to be worth it. Sure. Like, so not, so some... not Devil Went Down to Georgia, then? Oh. No, that's probably okay. Okay. Wow. I mean, it's like... I like biographical songs, like Amos Moses. Well, yeah, okay. I guess they're... But I really... But I don't like... Bad, bad Leroy Brown, so. I really, I really don't like the Etowah River Swamp Rat. Well, folks despised him. Coco Joe makes me really, it makes me sweat. I start sweating. All, all the bushes got wet. I don't know. What happens when there's a flood? All the bushes get wet. That's right, all the bushes get wet. I'm putting it in the songs. Um... I, uh, I ain't sp- I ain't spending more than an hour on this song. I, flood, I know floods do all kinds of things, but bushes do get wet. That is a good point. I already you, thought of Mojo Cloud. You are my darling wife. <laughs> um, how do you feel about wailing guitars, especially as opposed to like wheedling guitars? Oh, um, so like wailing or slashing November Rain as yes. opposed to slashing Sweet Child of Mine. Correct. Very good, very good slash analogy. Uh, well, I like Sweet Child of Mine better. Uh oh. Okay, so more in the weed. You're on more on the weedly side then. I guess so. Right. Um, um, I do love the beginning of nothing lost and nothing gained, or nothing ventured, nothing gained, whatever that Minotaur song is called. That's pretty whaley. Definitely sounds to me like a fighter jet is absolutely blasting into the sunset. Yeah. <clears throat> Saloon, artsy, or jazzy piano? Uh, oh. Any of those do it for you? Uh, what's that Rolling Stone song? Calm, cool, collected. What's yep. that song called? Yep, that, something like those words are in it. That's the that's the one song I can think of that has that that I that I don't hate. Otherwise, to me, that feels like something the Kinks would do. Okay, it absolutely is something the Kinks would do. So I'm going to put a no. Yeah, I'm generally no. Okay, and there then, are exceptions to all of these things that I've said no to, but of course, just generally. Uh, and then last one, uh, drama or camp? 
They call it drama and camp. Well, those are different Melodrama. Things. You know what I mean? Like, um... Like, you, you're wearing sad clown makeup. Uh, well, now I, now we need to get into the music soon, <laughs> yeah, because no. Death of a Clown is going to go through my head. <laughs> That's right. Uh, which I hate, so that should the answer is no. Okay, all right. So you answered no to at least half of these. So this isn't gonna. This isn't looking good. Well, it's still I'm, a shot. I guess that is consistent with my general position on David Bowie, which is nah. I like. I'll. I'll just. I like modern love. I'll just play modern love. So I'm going to take you through what I consider to be the important David Bowie records, which end before modern love and any of the '80s nonsense. No, that's okay. I can listen to it later. Okay. All right. Good. Good. Yeah. If you have a hankering, you could go back and listen later. <coughs> I don't Church have, I don't have on to put it time on or anything. I just listen to it in my head. I just sing Church on Time over and over again. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. Well, why don't we get started with some clips then? There are a lot of clips. We don't have to do them all, but we can, okay. we can get started. Well, we we have to do them in order. So. Yep. yep. All right. So I'm gonna hit play. Should I turn this up, or is it coming yeah. up on its own? It's coming up, but... Control to You're good there. Tom. Ground control to Major Tom. Take your protein pills and put your helmet on. Ground control to Major Tom. Commencing countdown engines on Check ignition and may God's love be with you So, you can pause it. I did. Um, so, obviously, that's uh, uh, Space Oddity, off the record that people call Space Oddity. It's actually self-titled, but so was the one right before that. So that's why they call it Space Oddity. Uh, how did you feel about that? Um, so I don't like his voice. Yeah, he is very, in the beginning, he was had a really high-pitched English thing going on. And it's very nasally, too. Yes. Before he's, I, I don't know if he lost his range or what happened, but then suddenly in the 80s he was all fucking... Put on your red shoes and dance the blues. And like, wait, what that's, is he doing? It's another song I hate. Good work. <laughs> well, that song is terrible, but that's why I chose it. <clears throat> okay. Um, the bass in it, I liked. Okay. Like it, it kind of goes boom. And the just the general feelings it evoked. He's clearly going for something pretty artsy. This is 1969, so this is still Beatles era. His first record is really, really weird. It's like he wasn't sure what he wanted to be, if he wanted to be like a pop idol or a crooner or or what. And then he comes back with his second record, and it's uh, much more experimental and, and interesting. I mean, that's something, and, and I know how that song continues, and it, it I know it gets quite a bit different. Yeah, yeah that's also like three songs. And, yeah. um, and it gets super, super dramatic. But I thought that Bare Bones opening verse was probably the most affecting. Uh, can I say that the whispered countdown in the back 
uh, makes me make a jack-off motion. <laughs> but but it was so campy. Yeah. <coughs> that might be why. Okay. So maybe not that maybe that one was not a point in his favor. No, I get that people like that song. Okay. Uh, I I think what's going to end up happening is overall you're going my point is going to be more that the songs are interesting and memorable and maybe thoughtful. And you may not you still may not end up enjoying them. Okay. It's possible. Uh let's move on to the next clip. <clears throat> Song. Yep, but just later on. This is Major Tom to ground control. I'm stepping through the door. And I'm floating in the most peculiar way. And the stars look very different today. Just wanted to give you more of the um, uh, the more produced, more going on part of the song as well. But was there just some was there some flute coming in the back there mm-hmm. when it cut out? Yeah, mm-hmm. and lots of high strings and uh, you know trying to make it sound important. But if you don't have any other comments on that, we can move on to the next song. Uh, I actually like that part of the song a little better. Okay, like he's got a lot. There's a lot more energy in his singing right there. Yes, yeah, he's no longer going for the uh, uh, the moody opening. Right. Right. <clears throat> he's more in the full production. Okay. Let's... So, I mean, that, that part of the song I like a little better. We can stick with that album, but we'll, there's a, another song I want to play. Okay. Just for you. They say your life is going very well They say you sparkle like a different girl But something tells me that you hide When all the world is warm and tired You cry a little in the dark Well, so... So, uh, just to give you sort of another way that he goes on that record... That's uh, called Letter to Hermione, and mm-hmm. uh, it's a little bit, uh, you know, softer. Yeah, it reminds me a little bit of the work of America. <laughs> that that doesn't sound like a compliment. That's well, fine. <laughs> America's not as bad as that one episode of News Radio would make you think. I, I'm not a fan of America. For some reason, Marjan likes America, and it makes me yeah, Katie's crazy. into him. <clears throat> makes me crazy. Um, or also like the worst Bell and Sebastian song. Oh wow! Okay, all right. Like the but like the worst one. So that's a that's a loser as well. All right. Yeah, nothing like what he was singing, and maybe it's because that clip was only ten seconds or whatever. That there was no melody that I could pick out. So that one has a lot of muddy acoustic guitar. Yeah. Um, which I did think was kind of new. Most of the time, you hear muddy electric guitar, but that was muddy and acoustic. Which I thought was interesting. Alright, any other comments on that one? No, that was like that was like nothing to me. Alright. <clears throat> Moving on then. It was like that didn't even register. There might be a few clips from the same song coming up here. 
Okay, so that's kind of a mixing nightmare. <laughs> okay. Like, why is the bass so loud? Uh, dog, it was the late 60s, early 70s. This is 1970. We've moved on to uh, the next record. Uh, so musically, that was fine. Um, but you can see what he's going for is, he wants something anthemic there. He's like, let's yes. keep this simple and memorable. Yes. Uh, it takes a little while to get started. Yeah, that's true. Like, it could have started a little faster, I think. And, um, so that's width of a circle. It's called width of a circle. And the next clip is also from that. Do you ever, do you ever listen to the podcast stuff you should know? No, no. Okay. Well, I stopped listening to it because it was just listening to two guys basically read a Wikipedia article at me. Oh, that sounds like us. And every time they touched on something that I knew a little bit about. They were, like, making constant errors and pronouncing things wrong. Oh, this is like that Star Trek The Next Generation podcast I listened to. Right, so it just got so aggravating to be like, well, first of all, A, that, no, that's not true. And then B, that means that the stuff that I don't know anything about, they're probably also wrong about. Right. Or making the same little errors that I don't notice. Um... I got some of that same feeling listening to that because that was the rare experience of listening to someone who plays the guitar worse than I do. Right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, you started to hear um, Mick Woodmansey get some drumming in there. And yes, the is, drumming did just pick up right there. He's definitely in the style of drummer that I like, which is uh, like our dad, the drummer who hits everything. <laughs> so... I no, I like when a drummer is ambitious and helps himself to a to a nice drum solo. And I think we've brought him up in on past episodes. I feel really bad for him because now you can go to his website and hire him for your birthday party. Uh, After he played that... on like seven or eight really important records. Uh, I missed your birthday this year, but maybe <laughs> maybe in the future. Fly him out. All right, I think the next one's also from that song. Just a just a drum kit, just no accompaniment. Yep, just by himself. Just hit- Hey, Hit play the hits. Play all those Hit David em. Bowie songs. I'll I'll recognize them. Don't worry. <laughs> all right, let's keep going. So this clip was specifically to show you Mick Woodman's This is what I meant about self-indulgent. Oh, this song's eight minutes long. Yeah. So you're not you're not feeling Mick Woodman's then? No, no, I like the drumming. It's the only good part of what's happening there. <laughs> All right. The next clip I th- might also be from this. I'm not sure. Let's just, just move let on run? to it. Yeah, let's run right. on to it. Is it from the same moment? 
No, it was like 30 seconds later. I just wanted to skip to some bits. So anyway, there's a lot of song in this that did not really make it into these clips. I was trying to pick the bits that I thought he thought were the most important ones. Right. <clears throat> he yeah, is so a couple going of, for something. A couple of things. I liked it better when he started singing. Right. Okay. You may have heard me audibly groan at one point <laughs> when the bass player reached for a note and didn't get it. <laughs> wow, you're all about perfection. What about uh, just feeling it in the moment and not doing a second take? Uh... No, oh, no. I'm sure it's a lot of fun to play that song, uh, but I don't eat mushrooms. Sure, sure. And then sit around in a dark room. So that's not for me. All right. Um. So width of a circle is a no. That's a no. Yeah. All right. So space oddity was kind of a no. Letter to Hermione was a no. Width of a circle is a no. All right. Uh. Let's move on to the next one, which <clears throat> is some of that classic sci-fi I was talking about. It's called Savior Machine. And it's about a robot that was designed to watch over the populace of Earth. So it's Iron Man? Sort of like Iron Man. How was that campiness? So how come I can tolerate Mr. Roboto? <laughs> Wait, you don't like Savior Machine? <laughs> That's crazy. First of all, again, musically very bad. All right. <clears throat> and I, I now know why you asked how I felt about Muddy Guitar. Because that's sort of what they're going for. Yeah. Or maybe what they're capable of. Possibly. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, mu- musically very bad. Uh, President what? Joe. President Joe. Okay. Yeah. Well, he he had that's well, how had we a dream, dude. generally refer to presidents by their first names. Okay. Well, I don't know if you heard about the Savior Machine, uh, but its logic stopped war, and it gave them food. <laughs> okay. 
So I feel <coughs> like it solved most of the. Okay, spoiler Look, I'm alert. I'm pro Savior Machine, the machine. <laughs> no, but you shouldn't be. In the universe where the Savior Machine exists, this is the worst song about it. The Savior Machine gets bored. Of course. And asks them to rebel against it and kill it. Okay. Before yeah. it murders them out of boredom. Uh, really, for everyone listening, uh, can I just recommend that Proto Man album? <laughs> it's just called Proto Man. Right. It's about Mega Man. It's very good. All right. Well, the next clip is also from Save Your Machine. All right. Let's see if it gets better. All right. Yeah, um... But you didn't like the wailing guitar going into the uh, robot synthesizer? <laughs> I only... So, first of all, when that clip came in, did he say, I can steal all your minds? I can steal every mind. I can steal every mind? Okay. <laughs> That's cool. That's super cool. Uh, is this an allegory about automation? Oh, almost certainly. In some way? This was like 1970, so they and... were probably still afraid of technology. Right. Cool. Uh, no, the only part I liked was the synthesizer, but I liked it so much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, he was going for something. That yeah, no, cannot that, be denied. When that fucking synthesizer came in, I my face lit up with a huge smile. Because it's so fanfare Yeah, 100%. <laughs> All right, that's a no on Save Your Machine. Uh, no, that's, uh, let's put that as a solid maybe. How that's... long is that song? Uh, that life. one's actually only like four minutes, so pretty, okay. pretty short for, for him. Um, so probably like two and a half minutes, then that synthesizer, then I can just turn it off? I feel like I'm starting to track down the problem, though, and it's that you're not any fun. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I feel like that's the problem. I feel like if you're going to be real serious about it, David Bowie's not going to work. All right. <clears throat> okay, but he has to be fun. So far, none of this has been fun. Uh, that synthesizer was pretty fun. The synthesizer was the part I liked. All right, okay. Let's move on. Same album. I'm just, look, I'm just saying, a depressing-ass song about a robot savior is not fun. So he's not properly in Ziggy Stardust yet. This is the man who sold the world, the record. Okay. And um, he's trying to figure out what the hell he wants to do. And so th that record is full of weird one-off concepts. Okay. Because he was searching. So, uh, yeah, the next one is same same album. It's called She Shook Me Cold. Yeah. 
give you the full experience. <clears throat> that's actually uh, the longest clip, I think, that I have on there. Um, that's about to go into a, a two-minute everybody solo that makes me have to switch the song. But Okay, <clears throat> so I've discovered half of the problem. Okay. And that is that when we podcast, I wear two pairs of headphones. <laughs> right. So I have a pair of earbuds that has nothing coming through it but your voice. So those, of course, are directly in my ears. And then over that, I have a pair of over-the-ear headphones that monitor my voice and also play the clips. It's a complicated setup. So that killed all of the treble. What little treble he was going for in that is completely blocked by the fact that I have earbuds in. So I took one of them out halfway through. Right. When I thought to myself... This can't possibly be how they released this record. Well, dang, now I feel like this is... I'm not starting not... over. You may not have gotten the full experience. I'm not I'm not starting over. Because, <laughs> right. by the way, that was still bad. Okay. All right. uh, but What did you think I would like about that? Well, this is... Aside from the drumming, which, again, was still good. So, this goes back to the survey. And if you'd answered some of those questions differently, like, do you like hard rock of the early 70s, late 60s. That was very Sabbath-like. Yeah, um, it was. How do you feel about muddy electric guitar? <laughs> Not a fan. Right. So things like that, because that's what that was. Oh, by the way, also played badly. I don't know I don't know how many more times I can say this, like, mm-hmm. very bad. You're probably going to have to say it a lot. Um, yeah. All right, well, it, does he on. play? Does he have a guitar player, or is he the guitar player? Both. Okay. That's more than one person making bad guitar noises. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to uh, 1971. Oh my god, we've only gone two years? Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. (laughs) It's a god-awful small affair That's one I know. To the girl with the mousy hair But her mummy is yelling no And her daddy has told her to go But her friend is nowhere to be seen Now she walks through her sunken dream To the seat with the clearest view And she's hooked to the silver screen But the film is a saddening for For she's lived it ten times or more She could spit in the eyes of fools As they ask her to fall So, I, the next clip might also be from that, so maybe we can knock that one out, and then uh, then we can comment. Okay. 
I was morally certain it was over. Just to show you how important he feels his outros are, and how anthemic he's trying to make every single thing. Uh, do you think if I recorded a record where every song faded out and then a, it was just the piano ending from Layla, do you think it would be funny? <laughs> like, how many times in a row would it be funny? At least the first few. <laughs> uh, and he goes for, like, the big old drum, like, boom, 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 boom. And you're like, wow, he is he is pretty sure this is, like, an important show that people are watching. Yeah. Um. So, of course, that's Life on Mars. Yes, Life on Mars. Um. I like that song. So. so I think you are going to enjoy the era that we've entered because it is less of the muddy, hard stuff. Yeah, that didn't sound like dump, which more, is part of... More of the super dramatic, campy, conceptual stuff. So yeah. we may be surprised by what happens. Um, the next one is from the same record. This is from uh, Hunky Dory. Uh, it's called Queen Bitch. I'm I'm gonna play it, but I I don't love that title. But let's see. That's oh, is that the whole clip? That's to give you an idea of the opening, and then there's another clip from the same song. So we can play that. We can play <laughs> okay. that. kind of gave you the, the the beginning and the end of that yeah so it anticipates punk a little bit right um so if you were going to argue that that's kind of important because this is still got to be earlier than punk was really this is, a yeah, thing. This is still 71 um <clears throat> there is that uh that first part was like like a cake song without the charm of cake right because of the way he was scatting to himself or yeah and that second part was like a dead milkman song without the particular charm of the dead milkman oh ouch so not charming that one's not for me all right queen bitch was not charming i was not charmed by it all right uh um, i just thought but... there were some bits of that and maybe you'd need to hear the whole song but i don't want to take up the entire night um uh, that were are almost sort of Frank Blacky in the way he goes about some of the stuff he does. Um, yeah, some of the things he was doing vocally there were Frank Black like. Uh, I don't know. It's like with punk, the bad musicianship is part of it, right? Like, look, man, we're not going to learn how to play these instruments. Sure, and I've said, mentioned the Dead Milkman several times. They still have not. No, they never felt the need to. Uh, but, like, when that is on the same record as a highly produced track like Life on Mars... Right. Th- then it's fake. 
Mm. Okay. Um, let's play the next one. Okay. I keep hitting this mic cable every time I go to play the next clip. <laughs> I'm gonna switch hands. You're ambidextrous, right? You can do it. I'm an alligator. Coming for you. I'm a space invader. I'll be a rock and rolling bitch for you. Keep your mouth shut. Just walk like a big monkey bird. And I'm busting up a brain for the world. Keep your Okay, um, so that I didn't hate. So that's my favorite David Bowie song. That's Moon Age Daydream. And um, the words were very ridiculous. Yes, and actually I was about to say what I've always kind of admired was how much thought he has clearly put into the composition and the arrangement and how childish the lyrics are. Yeah, did he say squawking like a big monkey bird? <laughs> Or so, something in there? The first time I heard it, I thought he said, you're squawking like a big monkey butt. Okay. And I was like, big monkey butt? What is he talking about? And Marjan corrects me with a very serious look on her face and goes, he said pink monkey bird. Oh, it's pink monkey bird. And I went, yeah, because that's a thing that makes a lot okay, more sense. Okay, yeah, that's... <clears throat> that's a thing that everyone says all the time. Uh, yeah, dude, press I your almost, space face I close almost to didn't make it into that song when it started with I'm an alligator. <laughs> Uh, the next clip is from that as well. I'll start, right. I, I start to get to the point where I only play one clip per song, but this is still... Let, let's, let's see what happens in this song. Okay. Oh, that's his fade out, not yours. Part of that long fade out. <clears throat> Just show you again how uh, dramatic it all gets. 
Uh, yeah, okay, there were one or two guitar notes in there that I didn't love, but generally that was fine. Um, I think. How long would you say that song is? Uh, four and a half minutes. Okay, so I could probably listen to that whole song. I think they may be going for a guitar style that you that you may be chalking up to poor musicianship. Mm, no, this guitar was in a different way than the earlier guitar. Like, it sounds like a different person was playing it, that could to be. be honest. Yeah, his background team changed a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, like, in the... I didn't get into this a lot because I realized that... I have a hard time describing what I hear in music to people because they either they don't hear it or I don't know. Yeah. But in in the earlier songs that we listened to, a lot of the guitar notes were um like badly articulated like the note wasn't ringing clearly, like the string either wasn't pressed all the way down against the fretboard or it was too far back from the fret right. or the guitar was slightly out of tune. Like it was it sounded like someone who'd been playing the guitar for six months. But what I'm saying is, do you think that they were going for a rough style that made it where they weren't necessarily trying to, well, trying to articulate the note in exactly the right way? Like we were talking about kind of punky? Well, in the punk one, for sure. Okay. Um. Anyway, in that in that song, there were just one or two notes. I think they landed on a note that was not in the scale, mm. which was unlikely to be intentional based on the rest of what was being played. Anyway, right. um, mostly that was mostly that was fine. Um, yeah, like I said, I didn't hate that song. Okay, let's see what's next. I there are many songs that contain a couple of notes that I just don't like. Uh, particularly Don't Leave Me by Green Day? <laughs> Is that what you're talking about? Yep, sure. Okay. All right, let's move on. All right. Um, what are we going to hear next? Uh, I'm not sure, because I, I cut out a couple of last minutes, so we'll see what it is. Okay. <clears throat> So, can you guess? It should stop here. Yeah, should you? Can you guess what I hear in that song? Who? What? What act I hear out of that? Hmm. <clears throat> it's um, it's NERD. Okay. Yeah. I hear um, NERD in there, and one of the reasons... Yeah, you know, I was I was thinking of... Um, I was trying to, like, think about the rock bands that you listen to, but yeah. yes. 
there is uh the some of the melody choices are very NERD. One of the reasons I like NERD is because when I'm listening to NERD, sometimes I hear David Bowie and sometimes I hear Prince and sometimes I hear Marvin Gaye and some you know what I mean? Like I can I detect influences of things that I like otherwise. And yeah, I, I, I in that song I hear NERD. Uh I was 50 50 on that song. Okay. Um the this thing called love guitar right. in the beginning and end of that clip <laughs> I do not care for. Okay. All right. So the verse is not not a winner on that one. Yes, but uh the the parts that you say sound like NERD were were interesting. Okay. That's like, clearly something interesting was happening there. It's just the whole song wasn't good. <clears throat> so that was John, I'm Only Dancing, and that's still from 1972. So. <clears throat> John, I'm Only Dancing. That's correct. Okay. I thought right. he was saying something like, you turn me on. He says that as well. Okay. She says, John, I'm Only Dancing. She turns me on. She turns me on. Okay. Uh, we can move on. I believe the next one is Aladdin Sane. Uh, so far, I'm all in. <laughs> oh, yeah. Swinging an old bouquet. Presage is uh, China Girl a little bit there. There was one little passage that was very similar. I think it was the do 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 part. Um, um, go on. What do you what did you think about Aladdin Sane or the bit you heard? Uh, I liked the piano. <laughs> I don't like actual jazz, but like uh, when jazzy elements find their way into other songs, I often don't mind. So it's the fusion part of it. It's kind of like. Um, yeah, that sounds that's a bad thing to say, but I guess so. It's like um a song that came out six months before Aladdin Sane, uh called Well, it's one of my favorite it's off one of my favorite records, Trouble Man. It's one of my favorite themes. Oh no, it's a uh, Trouble Man by Marvin Gaye. That's what it sounds like to me. Uh yeah, I um no, I like that. Okay. Uh there is a, a I mean I didn't love when you just went uh 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 <laughs> Like, yeah, I know the melody. You don't have to repeat it with nothing. <laughs> that was his fast, fast, domino. fast domino moment. Um, there is an extended masturbatory piano solo in that song, though, that goes on. I would on, expect nothing less based on what I heard so far. Goes on just an insanely long amount. Of, you're just sitting there going, oh, my God, I think he's still he's still soloing. Uh, okay, let's move on. Okay. You just scream with boredom. You are not evicting time. Uh, 
How do you feel? How do you feel about that one? <laughs> uh, that one's too far for me. Too artsy? Yeah, that's too far. It's, that's over in meatloaf territory. Like, it's too much musical theater. I did wonder when I listened to that recently, uh, why Dewey Cox didn't have a David Bowie face. Oh, yeah. Because that would have been awesome. Well, it's probably because so uh, right. there's too many types of David Bowie music, right? I guess that could be, yeah. <clears throat> but that would have been a great one right there. To hear a Dewey like, Cox parody of that style, like you can do Farmer Glickstein, <laughs> yeah. and it doesn't sound like any particular Bob Dylan song, but it's definitely Bob Dylan because it, it sounds like every Bob Dylan song. That's correct. All right, so it was a no on time. I didn't put in the part where he says that he falls wanking to the floor. Oh, well, that's a shame. Um, yeah, that's not that's not going to be it for me. Plus, uh. Plus, the guitar player got 80% of the way to Pockle Bell's Cannon in there. <laughs> That's not a good thing? No. Oh, okay. 95% of the way would have been funny. <laughs> okay. But 80% is just like, no, that no, that sounds familiar to you, but you don't remember why. I'm pretty sure that's like the height of his drama. I think that's like as melodramatic as he gets. Would be hard to go. I mean, he put in labored breathing. It would be hard to go more. He really goes for it in that one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, you win some, you lose some. Uh, let's move yeah, on. Yeah, that one's uh, not for me. Next one should be Lady Grinning Soul. Uh, these t- these names are terrible. <laughs> So that one, 
I'm not sure that I loved it, but it was definitely interesting. Okay. Um, I did not like to hear him say touch the fullness of her breast. <laughs> so, wait, how is it you have an opinion like this about David Bowie? I can understand you not wanting the sex in your Star Trek. It doesn't make sense, but it's like, it, it, it didn't, I don't know. Made you uncomfortable. Like, it's, it's, it's too sensual. <laughs> like, it's too much about the sensation, like, the fullness of it. Yeah. Well, you missed the part where um, she drives the Beetle car and beats you down at Cool Canasta. So, maybe I should have included that. It's less sensual. More just um, factual. Yeah, you, you probably should have. That probably would have been better. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that same piano guy was doing his thing in there. Yeah, piano um, but they got some classical guitar in there, uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. and the two of them played well together. Mm-hmm. It got real muddy in bits, and the horns came in with the guitar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. no, uh, musically, I, I, I was interested in what happened. There's just that one lyric I was not a big fan of. Um, but I could see, like, especially that'd be an interesting song to listen to for the first time, like I just did. Right, yeah, if you listen to the whole thing, you'd be like, oh, okay, I kind of get what he's going for. It's like kind of unexpected stuff happens in it. Yeah. And I, I like that. Notice, it's, so it's still 1973, notice how high the register, his vo- like his voice is in. Like, he's still really high up there. Um. Yeah, he, he, a couple of phrases in that song, he sounded like Elvis Costello to me. Yeah, I can see that. So... So again, I don't know if something happened to him or if he just went, no, nah, I'm going to do something new now. But at some point, he just dropped that entire thing and just went real low. So. Yeah. All right, let's move on to uh, 1974. We'll be done soon. So the next clip's also from this. You can just see how it starts to build up there. And then we, okay. can, we can play the, the rest of it. Uh, and then we can talk about it. Okay. <clears throat> well, I guess we must be looking for a different kind. But we can't stop trying till we break up our minds. Till the song drips wild on the seething young nights. To bless you on the ground while chicken and fright. That is his hard cut. It cuts right after, well, buy some drugs and watch a band and jump in the river holding hands. Uh, just to introduce it, so this is that song called Candidate, and 
uh, he wanted to get the rights to 1984 and make a 1984 rock opera. Okay. And so I think he's going for some kind of uh, dystopian feel in the beginning of that song. And the next song is also from the same project, so it's still the uh, same kind of thing. That song was a was a real roller coaster for me. <laughs> okay. I hated the first 30 seconds. All right, so you hated the dystopian building. It was incredibly sour. Okay. Then when he started to sing, I kind of got into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then the second clip... What is that noise in the back? Cat is... <laughs> One of my cats is angry about something. Why is he singing? Is he singing along? <clears throat> sounded like Turkey in the Straw. He's got good hearing. He can probably hear this through the headphones. I think it was Turkey in the uh, Straw. The second clip was extremely boring. Oh, okay. All right. That's after it's so, like fully built. So it's... That was a, yeah, like I said, started low, then I got into it, and then I did not care about the end. So. All right. That's a no. I'll put that. Yeah. Uh, next one's from the same project. It's called Big Brother. Don't talk of dust and roses Or should we powder our noses Don't live for last year's capers Give me steel, give me steel Give me pulses unreal We'll build a glass asylum With just a hint of mayhem Is this his journey through the secret life of plants? Maybe. It might be. Uh, I liked the first half and I did not like the second half. All right. So this time uh, you liked the verse and not the chorus. Yes. All right. <clears throat> yes. That's kind of a maybe. All right. Yeah. So maybe Diamond Dogs is not for you. Name of that song is Diamond Dogs? No, that, the name of that song was Big Brother, but that project is called oh, Diamond okay. Dogs. Yeah, I was going to say, so specifically, I heard him say Big Brother right at the end of that clip. Yeah, he did fail to get the rights to 1984, so it uh, <laughs> he never got to make his rock opera. Um, all right, so uh, only a couple more clips. So uh, now we're going to get into sort of the post-Ziggy Stardust, but pre-1980s stuff. There's only a few clips that are worth listening to, because he starts to get worse like everybody does after they've put out 10 albums or whatever. Well, I mean, there's been no pattern really to what I liked and didn't like. It's like half and half at this point, right? Well, then maybe probably, probably less, like one third, two thirds, right? Uh, also, the next two, I'm pretty sure you're probably familiar with. So this was this is going to be from Fame. Okay. Yeah. 
wanted to play the intro because it was kind of a real Sam and Dave style intro. Um, yeah, I mean, it definitely sounded like appropriation of the American South. <laughs> okay, and would... the next clip is also from Fame, so then we can we can talk after that. <clears throat> So he's clearly going for some some funky business. Yeah. How did you feel about his funky business? Um, it didn't work for me. Okay. Did you expect it to? Uh, I thought I could get you on the Sam and Dave style intro. I don't know. Mm, but I, I could just listen to the two Sam and Dave songs that I have, like we did last week or uh, two weeks ago. Or you could branch out into more Sam and Dave because the rest of it is also awesome. <laughs> I could, I'd have to buy it, is the thing. Like, I'll just send you the files, it's fine. That's whatever. <laughs> uh, uh, what's next? No, next is Heroes. Okay. So there's probably like, there's probably a version of that song that's got 80% of that happening. Right. And that would be, well, so the rest of that song is 80% of that. Right. I gave you the most dramatic crescendo-y bits. Right. That part has a little too much, but that's a good song. Okay. Like, I think everybody knows that's, uh, well, I don't know. I'm sure some people liked some of these other songs that I was just turned up my nose at, but, uh... That, that I have an uncontroversial opinion about that song, which is, that's a good song. Do you suppose uh, there are people who prefer the Jacob Dylan version? Um, <laughs> I'm you don't, not you don't have to answer people, that. <laughs> but I remembered it fiercely when you said Heroes, and I was like, what, did Bob Dylan do that song? <laughs> so like, close. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Almost. So he's, uh, clearly he's getting away from some of the earlier stuff he did. And then, um, I actually like to consider what happens next, his journey through the secret life of plants. Okay. Because he gets into some real weirdness before he about faces and goes, just like Stevie Wonder did. Just like Stevie Wonder did before he goes, Let's do part-time lover. This is so much work. It's taxing and it's hurting (laughs) my brain. And I'm just gonna, I'm gonna make the most generic pop music you can think of. Which is when he stops being interesting to me. 
Let's see what you got coming up here. Uh, and then the next clip is also from that. This is called It's No Game, and it's from the same year as Journey. Oh. I'm 90% sure that was my favorite one of all of them. <laughs> so, I was, I was before I was startled by how abruptly that began again, uh, I was going to say it's from the <coughs> same year as Journey Through the Secret, Secret Life of Plants, 1979. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think that was my favorite. That was uh, something. Something's there going was on. a lot going on there, but it, I liked it. Okay. And uh, there were a couple of things. Um uh, that part where he was screaming and his voice broke uh-huh. was very Frank Black. Right, yep. By which, of course, I mean, Frank Black did the same thing that David Bowie did 15 years earlier. Uh, and also Slasher Busted. <laughs> yes, You're busted, right. buddy. That's right. You stole Sweet Child of Mine. <laughs> you stole it right from this dumb song. Straight from 1979. Just took it. Yep. <clears throat> Well, like that's it's he just made it like where you play the right notes instead of the wrong notes, and that's right. just sweet child of mine. It's it's less arti- it's less artistic, but probably better to listen to. No, it's like it sounds it like sounds way better, but it's yeah. like yeah, you're busted, you're busted, slash. And Axl Rose, it's just like you got busted on. I love the '80s because you were doing that uh, monkeys dance. So I feel like uh, that survey was really true. Like it. 
it did predict it very well. All of the things you answered no to were the things you didn't enjoy about these songs, and you answered yes to like half of the survey questions and like half of these songs. Yeah, like um and even some of the stuff that was 50-50 cuz like one of some of the melodrama in those songs I liked and but there was one that was too far. Yeah, and this is just an intro, so you'd have to if you wanted to, you'd have to dive in and actually hear the but the whole product. Here is where I'm hesitant to do this project. Well, A, there's a lot of it. Yeah, there and, is. And B, some of these songs I liked were on the same record as mm-hmm. some of the songs that made me make a very bad face. Yeah, dude. You know, not that many people make an entire record full of good songs. There's like been five of them ever who could do it. Oh, look, I get it, but it's like... That's going to be an unsatisfying experience, I feel like. So Marjan pointed out that I was the perfect person to try to convince you on David Bowie, because I am not a super fan. That there Mm. are many, many David Bowie songs that I go, this is stupid, and I turn it off. Even from the good era of David Bowie, the the 70s stuff. She said she could never do it because she's a super fan, and she likes every single thing that he ever did. Yeah, uh, no, there are a lot of reasons why you are more suited to make that attempt, but... I don't know. Could you... Which were the ones I liked? So, you were maybe on Savior Machine, because you loved the synth. The yes, sci- the I like that synth. one part. Oh, I like that part so much. Sci-fi robot synth. But I could just listen to Goodbye to You 40 times. <laughs> uh, you liked Life on Mars. Yeah, but that one is not hard to hear in the world. Uh, you liked Moon Age Daydream. Yeah, I think so. That's uh, the one that starts, I'm an alligator, right? That's the one where you almost went, nope, because <laughs> he said, I'm an alligator! Um, you were maybe on John, I'm Only Dancing. I think you liked either the verse or the chorus and not the other part. Right, yeah. Uh, I you, think it was the I think it was the chorus in that one. You liked Aladdin Sane. It was really uh, f- I did, yeah. Fusion-y, but even though you didn't like that description. Um, I just don't want to be a guy who likes jazz fusion. You you like? I think that's very understandable. You know what's? I haven't ever really gotten. I've never tried to get into jazz fusion, but I like examples of it in popular music. So I, maybe I should tr- give it a try. <laughs> uh, you liked Lady Grinning Soul? You found it was interesting enough. There was enough going on. You just didn't like when he said the fullness of her breast. Touch the fullness. T- touch of the her fullness breast. of her breast. <laughs> you were maybe on Big Brother. It was a verse chorus thing. Right. Uh, yes to heroes and yes to it's no game. Yeah. So. So I guess that later seventies Bowie is more likely, huh? Yeah, you certainly said yes. Well, I only picked out a couple songs from that era because a lot of it's garbage. So, I see. So. <clears throat> so yeah, dude, you have to uh, consider an entire catalog, and his is a huge catalog. But out of it, I've found I don't know thirty or forty decent tracks. Well, I mean, you sent me a half an hour of clips. That's correct. And I, by so, the way, I cut out a lot. Which, uh, there are not that many bands that I could send you a half an hour of clips. I mean, obviously Midnight Oil, but I don't need to convince you right. about Midnight Oil. I think that maybe may be... I could do it with Frank Black. I'm, I'm, I like Frank but, Black enough as it is. Right. I don't it's, really. You're need not. You're not as anti Frank Black as I am anti David Bowie or the Beatles, for instance. Yeah. Or, I think Led that Zeppelin. may be the ultimate statement, is that there is enough there, that if you dive in, there you'll find good stuff in there, which is harder than it sounds, because sometimes you'll hear one good song with someone, and you'll go hunting, and you'll never find another good one. Mm. 
you know? Yeah, like, like The Way by Fastball. Like like Fastball. <laughs> That's <laughs> not instance. true. It's not true. I like three songs on that record. Yeah, okay. Um, but, I mean, generally speaking, uh, like I said, interesting songs, memorable, thoughtful, and uh, a lot of them have pretty good intros, so... That's sort of my bottom bottom line. Oh man, that uh, whoever was tweeting for the A's saying that they didn't want to do a Smash Mouth fireworks spectacular because it would be one song for 13 minutes. <laughs> and they got into it. They hella got into it. It's like the <coughs> least important Twitter spat ever. Whichever asshole is running Smash Mouth's Twitter, like, engages. Yeah. Really engages. Um, I like to imagine it's the lead singer. I think it is. I think it's probably him. Boy, okay, so that took a long time. Yeah, dude, you can't, with a catalog like that, what am I supposed to do, take four songs out of it? That's tough. I think in the end, see, I think you you deliberately stayed away from Tight Pants Labyrinth, David Bowie. Yeah, I, t- I told you, anything that starts in the 80s, like that's, that's not the good David Bowie. I wouldn't even try mm. to convince you on anything that happens after 1979, even though I know you like Modern Love. I do. But that's because I heard it when I was two. Right. I think a lot of that might be nostalgia. And it's just No, it's just like literally my neurons are arranged in accordance with Modern Love because it was probably on MTV all day. Church on time. Yeah, it's just Church just on how my brain time. works. Um, I catch the paper, boy. How do you feel about Young Americans? Uh... I, I didn't put it in there. It's from 1975, and... Uh, does it not... How does it go? That The title means nothing to me. Oh, okay. Um, but, uh, we can we can play this game later. But to okay. me, that the, he did a couple of things in the mid-70s on the Fame record that um, were a lot more like Modern Love, which doesn't do it for me. But anyway, <clears throat> we can get into that later. So uh, I did my best. I gave you, I think, what a realistic look at his most important work is. I think there's some stuff in there that I would probably nef- never found, for sure. Yeah. That last song where Dump Matsumoto screams at you. <laughs> That's right. Don't tell me it's not her. I don't care who it is. It's 100% Dump Matsumoto. I assume it's Dump Matsumoto or... Oh my god, is that the only one I can name now? I can envision some of the other ones, but I don't remember their names. There was... Bull, bull, bull Nakano. Yes. Dad will remember the bad ones. Dad's memory is terrible, but he will remember some more of those. Yeah, well, it's on Christmas, so I'll get him going on the... <laughs> Japanese women's Japanese... wrestling. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> so that was it. And everybody at home who played along. You know, yeah, I hope you all... Let us know. I hope you all didn't, like, super cringe about all that hour of David Bowie. This is what we do. Tweet, tweet... And let us know if your perception of David Bowie has changed. Or uh, whatever you feel about David Bowie. Tweet us about David Bowie. And, and whatever you do, you know, think think about it. Matthew, I will give you $40 when I see you on Sunday. <laughs> If you can tell me what he says after there must be higher love. Oh, hey, no, I'm forty. I'm not going to get the forty dollars. Yeah. Uh, in fact, all I really know is think about it, because that's what's important in that song. <laughs> think about it. That's how that song begins. By which I mean, uh, that's what happens after fifteen seconds of drums. Yes, that's right. If I if I played that song from the beginning, it's. I mean, it's just it's. You need a man. 
Matthew edit on this one. I'd cut that shit right out. Oof, so 80s. Think about it. I'll give you a second okay. pass at okay, it. Okay, something about in the stars above, obviously. Yeah, but I yeah, don't okay. know. I don't know. But you can't. No, it's impossible. I but I have to look it up. I, even I don't know. Um, when he says "think about it," it makes me think of in Big Daddy when uh, John Stewart's character <laughs> is going to propose, and Adam Sandler's character interrupts him in the middle of of the uh, proposal and asks him to think about it. Well, think about think it. about it. <laughs> Just ruins the whole time. <laughs> Uh, uh, his last good movie. Yeah, I think that was. I think it's true. And it's not 100% good, but some of it's good. Yeah. Think about it! <laughs> Think about it! <laughs> oh, man. So that was uh, what we talked about another time, too, was the uh, the weird things. The weird lyrics that people include in their songs. The weird phrasing, weird unexpected things that they say. Yeah, and it's the, like... With that one and with the other one that I had in mind, which I'll just play. Jesse's got himself a girl <laughs> and I want to make her mine. And she's watching him with those eyes. Yeah, she is. And she's loving with that body. Yeah, I just know it. <laughs> I just know it, was, it. It's like the weird, like, conversational, like, oh, you're talking to me. Yeah, you're just having, you're just having a beer with yeah. Rick, Rick Springsteen? Springs, Springsfield? Jesse's- Jesse's got himself a girl and I want to make her mine. And she's lo- watching him with those eyes. And she's loving him with that body. I just know it. <laughs> it's just, again, my problem with that, I keep going back to, it's the dumbest thing ever to say. That's the dumbest thing ever that anyone <laughs> oh, has that ever said. Oh, that she's loving him with that body? Yeah, it's like, yeah, dude. They're going out and they're adults. Yes, uh, she is. She is fucking no. him. They're he didn't doing say it. anything in there about a Moon Age daydream. <clears throat> or like a, a pink monkey bird? Or a pink monkey bird. Did he say, press your space face close to mine? But it is like, it's like the, one of the most banal things you can possibly say. It's just <laughs> like, so dumb. She's loving him with that body I just know it. <laughs> He's starting to have a freak out. But it's, bu- it's bugging him. <clears throat> this shit is bugging him. Yeah, well... You know, this song is not even. I mean, yeah, it starts out. Jesse's been a, been a friend. Yeah, I know he's been a good friend of mine, etc. But it's like most of the song is. It's not as much about how conflicted he is about wanting Jesse's girl, and more just that he can't have Jesse's girl. And it's just like I just want her, though. <laughs> yeah, are you listening? Like I just, I just want her. Yeah, but Jesse's a fucking asshole anyway. Fuck, man, fuck Jesse. Fuck, fuck She's Jesse. Loving dude. him with that body, you I just, just know it. <laughs> I know it's happening. Yeah, dog, it's happening. Rick Springfield's a douche. Like the only, the only way this song would make sense if that if that first verse was like, then we're both fourteen. <laughs> That's right. Like like the movie Purple Rain. It only makes sense if the writer was twelve and all the actors were twelve and the characters were twelve. Because yeah, like uh, if you're all adults, yeah, dog. Yeah, yeah she's loving him with that body. Like you're gonna have and to get over way, it. That doesn't mean anything. Like, that doesn't ruin her. Yeah, like, that's how it this goes. It ain't shit. And if she was your girl, she'd be loving you with her body. Like, that's that's just how it goes. 
Yeah, like that's and she's watching him with those eyes. <laughs> that's what she's doing with those eyes? Watching him? What if she was look at her boyfriend? Fucking bitch. Oh, she's got oh my god, look at those eyes. Oh, she's watching him. <laughs> look at her watch him. He's such a dude. Look, it's not a good song. Okay. Right. <laughs> it's a catchy song. Uh, uh, but every time that comes on the radio well, no, I'll never forget it now. But like the first ten times, um there's a radio station that plays a lot of eighties music now. Mm-hmm. But for a while, there wasn't one. And the first ten times I heard that song, that I just know it caught me by surprise. Then you and I <clears throat> caught the same thing out of that song, and probably a lot of other people, too. Because Marjan will confirm that that is the part I always laugh at the most. It's the it's the most ridiculous part of a pretty dumb, ridiculous song. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I love it. Were there Were there any other examples you wanted to go over, or...? Uh, so I had some other in-depth stuff, so I was going to do, like, a mini version of this thing, Hmm. um, where I walked you through some stuff from a band that I like, and I could, I mean, literally I have six clips and none of them is more than 30 seconds, so we can still do it, but I, I don't know that, uh, it's not thorough, it's not comprehensive like what you did, so. we can do it, or you can wait and be more comprehensive, but I figure it. There's no problem no, with they, the pod going long because we're probably going to pod again for a while. So they have they have three records, so okay, it's not. I couldn't be that comprehensive. Right. Um. So there's a band called the Wrens. You know I have, this band. I have heard of the Wrens, though I could not tell you a song by the Wrens. Right. <clears throat> so they did a couple of well received indie records. Okay. Um. Then they got in a fight with their record label, so they are inadvertently responsible for one of the biggest crimes of the 90s hmm. in that their record label was anxious to have a band go like real big obviously sure and they had these they had these two pretty good records but they're not in any way mainstream mm-hmm. like they're pretty there's a lot of dissonance on the records they they obviously listen to the pixies a lot right uh stuff like that so the record label tried to get them to make a more commercial record. Did they bring in Rick Ocasek? Because that usually works. Uh, no, that could could have been good though. That's that's what that's how Weezer exists. That's, a, that's what Weezer did. Yep. Anyway, um, and they said nah. And they when they got out, this guy like a he took his ball and went home. Like he made it basically impossible to get their records. Right. So like for a long time, you couldn't get their back catalog at all. They're too song their two album back catalog i had to get my copy from an ebay seller in north ireland northern ireland jesus um because it was just it just out of print and he just refused to sell them the masters or anything right so this is sort of a syphilin ollie situation and he famously said i'm gonna take the next band that comes through the door and make them famous and it was Jet Li, and he did uh and it was creed Oh, boy, he so did make him famous. Too. Creed came up on this record label right after the Wrens left um, in this dispute with this guy. Man, the Wrens could uh, have been the next Creed. <laughs> yes, but they would have had to sound like Creed, probably. <laughs> I'm sure. The, I'm sure Scott Stapp. That I never bothered the to learn the dude's guy? name. Yeah, the Creedman, fake vetter is what I called him. Uh, probably was like, yeah, no, we'll make whatever you want. <laughs> Obviously, that guy was a fame whore. Can it be sort of about Jesus? God, God, Creed was so bad. Do you remember uh, so when was, we had Creed and Nickelback at the same time? Yeah, it was unnecessary. That was the the first the moment that I thought, uh oh, the 
we're on the downslope now in rock was when that Eve Six song came out. Ugh, yeah. The late 90s I could was swallow bad. my pride, I could choke on the rind, but the lack thereof oh, would leave me empty inside. That one? Yeah, I remember it. It was terrible. <laughs> I remember hearing that on the radio and going, oh, uh-oh. Yeah, it was like KOME shut its doors, and that was it. It's kind of what it was like. Because yeah. there was, a, like, the six months before that, all the bad music started to show up. And it was like, oh, this isn't so good. And then KOME shut its doors, and it was over. Uh, six years later, the Wrens um, put out a record on uh, a Berkeley indie label called Absolutely Kosher. Okay. Uh, I think it was 2004. And this record made uh, most publications uh, best of the decade list huh. in 2010 when it came out. So this was, like, a huge record. And, you know, a lot of it is about their struggle with the record company and the shitty years they had in New Jersey after that. Oof. So that's a little self-indulgent, but it's a really good record. Um, and then they've been working on the follow-up to that record for 12 years, so it's kind of a uh, Chinese democracy situation. Nice. I hope they call it Chinese democracy. They should just call it Chinese democracy. That'd be good. Um, anyway, real good band, but um, uh, challenging in some ways. Okay. Like the first two albums are musically very challenging. So uh, I just thought I'd play you. Um, so I have a couple of examples here of some odd lyrical turns because that that's how this connects okay. to, to that other stuff. And it's not like this is not conversational. Specifically what the Wrens do that's odd is... Like, if you were to read the lyrics, there'd be a lot of hyphenated phrases. Mm, okay. Let me just, um, let me just, I'm gonna, and I know I'm just going to have to say what the lyrics are after I play these, because it's not, it's not easy to hear. Do you but. mean, like, leg broke on the overside? Yeah, like, leg broke on the overside, let's say. Okay, alright. Uh, no, much more. Well, uh, this is a song called Surprise Honeycomb. Uh, so that's, uh, for a long time, that was the song that had the most plays on my last FM. Right. Uh, trying to think of what that sounded like to me. Um, it definitely sounds era specific. Like I would think that that was in the, the, the either late nineties or two thousands. Yeah. That was probably 98 (laughs) roughly. Yeah. Um, so the lyrics that he says there are, uh, and this is a song about a guy on a killing spree. Okay. But it's not Local H. I was going to say, just quick sidetrack, uh, listening to that Christmas song of theirs, there are so many things in there you cannot say anymore. All about blowing up bombs at the shopping mall and how napalm's the gift you're going to give everybody and all that stuff. So you can't do that. Can't do that no more. Local H. Um, I like that song. Uh, what he, in that clip that I picked out, the lyrics are Marie came home tattooed. It covers her back. It's God done in black says it protects me from you. Right. So like the, that's like the, there's crazy shifts in the person who's, speaking there like not that doesn't make sense if you're you right you, yeah you need to like be reading it and make sure there are quotes in there 
Right. For the part where it says says and stuff like that, where you'd be like, okay, I get what's going on. Right. And also, I'm pretty sure that God is the word God in that quote. Like, it's the, she's not, got the word God tattooed Not on like her a back. weird artistic rendering of God. Right. Right. Okay. Uh, so that one's less um, less straightforward. I think this one's a little more clear. So this is uh, the next three are all from the 2004 album. So the production value is quite different. Uh, so that's from a song called "She Sends Kisses." I liked the um, I liked some of the progression in there. Like, uh, yeah, that's a good. That's a very good song. I think it's the third song on the record. Um, that's a record that's got very few misses on it. In a way. And I don't even mean this in a negative way. It might sound like it. It reminded me a little bit of the Wallflowers. Uh, vocally, I think. It, well, it's definitely the way he was taking it easy. Yeah. But also kind of in the progression. It was almost like a Sixth Avenue heartache kind of thing. Oh, yeah, a little bit. And I think um, the accordion or concertina yes. in that makes it sound similar. like average guy music when you put that yes. in. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's a real Counting Crows thing to do. Uh, so the lyrics, I should have pulled them up, but the lyrics in that clip are struck dumb while drugs run at how high reads. So how high is hyphenated? I don't know what reads means in that. Like how sentence. high as an amount of high. Yes. Yeah, right, right. Uh, cue every memory at half speed. It's just like Charles hold me downs. That's all a phrase. <laughs> okay. I'm coming sounds. Again, I'm coming is a phrase there. Uh-huh. Right? Uh, cut crap, who's filling shoes like these anymore? And I think that's an entire quote. Huh. I, I appreciate this lyricism much more than I appreciate the lyricism of, say, the Decembrists. <laughs> well, I feel like again, very average. Oh, I see what you're saying. Well, I feel like the Decembrists are trying so hard to write something that sounds clever. That they yeah. really do themselves a disservice, and I I like this weird phrasing better. Yeah, I boy, I wonder if I like the Decembers enough that I could do this with the December. They have enough music, yeah, to to do one of these. But I'd wonder if I like them enough. Um, next clip I think is a little shorter. This is from a song called "Ex Girl Collection." So, uh, Anne slams in, another lightning round begins. This could get interesting. Where's Anne Ben? She pours herself a don't ask gin. So, don't ask is... Right. Uh, is that phrase there. Now... Uh, no ice and light on the bitters. I'm done with quitters. 
is this uh is this still relating to the odd phrasing uh intro to this conversation a little bit yeah it's not the same type of odd phrasing because i'm i'm also starting to get the sense that you're more lyrically interested than i tend to be i think i told you earlier my only lyrical interest is um that i don't like story songs generally i don't really care what they're singing about i'm i'm more concerned about the um the composition uh so i am uh, the Wrens are also musically interesting, but the clips that I've chosen, at least these first four clips, mm-hmm. are much more about the lyrics than the music. Okay. Um, okay, so I'm going to play part of the intro to Everyone Chooses Sides. So, uh, what I just played for you went uh, 13 grand a year in the Meadowlands. Bored and rural poor, lord at 35 right, I'm the best 17-year-old ever. Wow. <laughs> That's quite a proclamation. It's almost like he's Teenager of the Year. It's ve- it is very like he's Teenager of the Year. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's interesting. I didn't really care for the echoey, reverby vocal style, because it reminded me so much of the 2000s. Well, this was from 2004. Right, which... uh, My main complaint about the 2000s is that it all had the same kind of sound, and it wasn't a sound I was interested in. So when people are like, oh, it was the best record of the 2000s, and they say it's something by The Killers, or... Oh, yeah. One of the other bands that's not The Killers, but sounds like The Killers... That's why I always go, that's why I don't like that decade. That's why, to me, so, it wasn't a good decade, because I don't so like that. So I specifically that. said that was from the intro. Right. If I played it a little further, I think the, the vocal style changes a little bit. I was 100% wrong. <laughs> They're just someone else sings under it, but it stays rebooted. Also, he's got a real Triple H thing that he does. Where the end of his sentence turns into a, yeah! Oh yeah, he does that. He goes, time to step into the ring with the game! <laughs> you go, wow. Hey, Trips, don't pull a muscle. It's, it's okay. You're not even in the wrestling part. You can save your energy. Yeah. Uh, um, I thought I'd round it up by playing... Uh, 
one clip here from their first record and then one the one clip of all this that I thought you might like. Okay. So let me just play this first one. So to me, the first part of that kind of felt like Ozma meets Frank Black, but with a Midnight Oil bass line, if that makes sense. I'm sure it doesn't. Oh, man, I don't hear the Midnight Oil in that first part, but... Just the bass. Uh, well, so oh, I think the the progression of the bass notes. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I think I think that what he's saying in that first part there, and I didn't pick this one particularly for the lyrics, I picked it for the sort of variety of what that song sounds like as it moves through. Right. That song's like a minute and a half long. Um, I think that the first lyrics where that jumps in are, the part right before that you don't hear, she moves through the well-dressed dancing couples alone but not bothered by it totally involved with her fruit no one asked her to dance even though it's supposed to be her party and all the boysies find her total mm. no i think that one might have been trying too hard yeah uh especially when you get to all the boysies find her total yeah that's the mm. weirdest part yeah yeah um yeah well okay here's what i will say based on those clips um i don't i'm not against them yeah, I might be willing to listen to some of these records. Well, that these was records. a clip that was much more like, oh, there's a lot happening in the music. Yes, and there was. Um, but it's discordant, so if you can't handle that, it's hard to... No, I like that sometimes. I think I've told you before, I'm on a quest to f- feel things. Just trying. Right. I'm just trying. I'm hoping <laughs> that someday I'll feel a thing. And that's why I think a lot of the David Bowie stuff does work for me, because he's trying so hard to make you feel something. Oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Um, um, there's one one more clip that I wanted to play, and uh, you mentioned Midnight Oil earlier. To me, this there's a lot of Midnight Oil in this part, so let me, okay. let me play this. This is the song Happy, again, off of the most recent album. That is, uh, that's 10 to 1 or Red Sails in the Sunset. For sure. The the progression, partly, and then also just the the quality of the... That weird chorus-y low guitar note coming in. Yeah, that was very minute oil. I, in fact, what I did in my mind was I erased that guy's voice with Peter Garrett's <laughs> weird voice, and it really helped a lot. I went, oh, yeah, oh, no, yeah. that is Midnight Oil. <laughs> no, no, listen, I'm not saying this is Midnight Oil. <laughs> yeah, I was saying, like, 
it helped me even understand the similarity that much more when I just oh, for sure. superimposed his voice. <clears throat> yeah, if it was um Oh, like it's not a it's not like it in any way, but it reminds me of shipyards of New Zealand. Nothing is like that's all. I know. As far as I can tell, there's not I've never heard of anything like it. Even the other stuff off that record. Equally weird, but doesn't sound like that. Um, okay, any other clips? No, that's what I wanted to play you by the, uh, by the Wrens. Alright, well, since I'm always in a music rut, uh, I propose a music exchange. Okay. Where are you give me the Wrens records, and I will give you the important David Bowie records. And let, let your musical research take you where it will. Okay, I think that's fair. Okay. Uh, in the meantime, we gotta stop doing this. Yeah, whatever. Okay, we're, we haven't potted in a while, and we're not going to pot in a while. So this is all yeah, the material someone's going to get. Ryan. It's just Ryan, right? He's the only one who's I mean, it's it's principally Ryan. He's the only yeah. one who's, who's going to tell us about it. <clears throat> uh, yeah. So the next time we do this... It'll be Star Trek again. It's going to be Star Trek again. Oof, yeah, I'm going to have to watch those episodes. Oof, okay. Yeah, me, me too. I have not watched a single one yet. All right. So when we do watch those, it's going to be uh, Mud's Women. Okay, I still, I still, I'm excited about that. Uh, Lonely Among Us. I'm kind of excited about that. Too. That could be good. Yeah. Cueless. No one, no one will ever be excited about that. That's <laughs> unexciting. <laughs> Eye of the Needle could be literally anything. Yeah, no clue, no clue. And uh, the Andorian incident. Okay, I remember that one. <clears throat> that's pretty okay. much the best thing I can say about it is that I remember it. Well, uh, so if you want to play along, uh, watch those episodes. Ben. It's going to be Ben. Yeah. Although he hasn't gotten them in yet and we're late. So <laughs> he's slowing down at the same pace we are. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Ugh. uh, all right. Any other parting thoughts? Nope. I think that's going to be it for us for now. Right. Um, tweet at us. Follow us uh, on Twitter. That's at BrotherDate. Subscribe on iTunes or visit us at BrotherDate.com. Leave us a review on iTunes, too, if you can. That'd be cool. Yeah. I don't know if we have Maybe don't review this episode. No, no, no. They played played David Bowie songs for half an hour. I don't think they have the license for it. Can somebody check? (laughs) That would be a good review. Did they do a crime? (laughs) We We did the auditory equivalent of... That time you walked into the bathroom and the guy had his pants around his ankles at the urinal. <laughs> that is a crime. I certainly had a visceral reaction. I was pretty sure it was a crime. All right. Uh, enjoy, everybody. Yeah, I guess. What? Whoa. <laughs> Did a cat fall? I think a cat tried to jump up the back of my chair. Please subscribe.